Welcome in to episode 31 playoff edition, Gabe, of the Breathing Orange Fire podcast. I am Andrew. I'm joined by Gabe. Uh, and the Astros just completed the division series victory over the Minnesota Twins three games to one by winning a squeaker Gabe three to two how you feeling buddy oh man I just now started breathing again for a one two three ninth (laughs) inning that's about as rough as it gets man (laughs) three two count on every single one and you know it's three one on the leadoff hitter and then three one on the other guy and he had uh Lewis oh two and uh, then just threw three terrible pitches in a row. I, and Lewis was just begging <laughs> to swing and miss at one that he buried in the dirt, but he spiked two in a row and then threw one about three feet off the left of the plate. So just yeah. nothing there. And then he just throws a curveball and freezes him over the – oh, it was beautiful. It was yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was a little uh, close for comfort there in the ninth. But, hey, I think that's what we've become accustomed to in 2023, right? Nothing's going to be easy. So, Andrew, yeah, there were only two twins that reached base tonight. The leadoff hitter had a double and then got doubled off by just a great play by Pena. Yes. And then he also walked in addition to the solo home run. So he was on three times. And then Lewis, oh, 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 or Julian, and yeah. then Lewis hit a, a solo home run, but he also walked. So they had five base runners amongst two of their hitters and those were the the other seven guys not a single one of them got on base yeah so two players two individuals two players that's right yeah two players reach <laughs> yeah. base yeah not not two plate appearances um yeah that's um that's pretty impressive um how good was Abreu in this series Abreu the pitcher in this series well Abreu the hitter too but yes Abreu the pitcher was uh was very good um, he came in and threw, is it fair to call it his customary, uh, <laughs> one inning, you know, no walks, no hits, no runs, two strikeouts. I mean, he has not given up a run in three months. Yeah. Three months. Yep. I wonder, yep. I, I wonder at some point in time if they, boy, I, I guess you don't mess with what's working. I really, really, really would like to see him as a starter. Brent Strom wanted him to be a starter. Is that right? Yeah, I um I mean we're talking about hard. not in this postseason though. You're talking no, about no, 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 <laughs> down this, the line. Not in this right? postseason. <laughs> he's he's been so good out of the bullpen the last, I mean he's the Astros best relief pitcher. I I I will call that and I will yes. swear to that and I will swear to that last year and Presley was awesome last year. Right, Presley this year has been merely good overall. I would say, yeah, overall uh, good. Yeah, he's been a little up and down. He's he's given up some ugliness three or four times. You know, Presley is a guy that, um, you know, he saves ninety percent of his games. Yeah, and that's kind of standard for the good closers, not the great ones. The the sort of great ones save ninety four, ninety five percent of their games. Right. The guys that are kind of a problem save 75 or 80 percent. You know, the the three and the, the three out ninth inning guy, um, you know, that's that's better than average saves about 90 percent. Whereas you got a Brayu, you know, hasn't given up a run in, in three in three months. Notice Dusty went to a Brayu in the seventh inning. I did notice that. I thought that was uh, 
I thought that was interesting. What do you think the uh, the decision there was? Two, three, and four was up. I think they just said yeah. this was the – we absolutely have to shut it down, and they brought him in, and then the Astros played to add on – we're talking about game three here, right, guys? Yeah, um, game game three the, yesterday. Then the Astros played to add on, and, um, you know, we ended up with uh, Maton and, and uh, Montero finishing out the game. Montero looked really good. I, I he mean, did. he's certainly not in the trust tree or anything like that, but – uh, lead off walk, and then he was kind of dominant in his last three batters. Nine to one game, but it was kind of interesting to see. We'll get into it more another time, but he was better th- as the season went on, right? Is that fair to say, Gabe? I think so. I mean, he was just he was terrible. In yeah, May he was especially. awful. He was he was he was yeah. okay in April. He wasn't great. He was okay in April, but like May was just absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, and then. You know, he had a – I think he'd earned his way back into the trust tree a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he had two or three bad outings in early September. And you're just like, hey, I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to play much yeah. um, in right. any kind of leverage situations. I can tell you this, though. I Maybe I'm crazy, but I wouldn't mind seeing him in the fifth or sixth inning of a three-run game. I wouldn't freak out or lose my mind about it. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if I'm all the way there, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, he's who scares you more, him or Hunter Brown coming in? Hunter Brown was the the guy that gave up the yeah. the only run in game yesterday yeah. in game three. I don't know. I, I I and you know I love Hunter Brown, right? I know you do. I know you uh, do. I don't. I don't know the answer. I don't have an answer to that question. I don't know. I. I, I don't know if I have a real um, difference there. I want to. Um, I want to talk about a couple things. Um, can we talk a minute about Jose Urquidy and his performance in Game Four? Yeah, man. I mean, he was. Uh, I'm not gonna say awesome. Mm-hmm. But he was really good. Well, he had he, was, he had an he awesome really stretch where he struck out five guys in a row, right? <laughs> that, that, that That's was, right. That was pretty awesome. One of my buddies uh, asked me what bets I like. This is kind of crazy. He's like, what prop bets do you like? And I said, okay, here's how I would bet this game. I would bet uh, Alvarez not to home run. No, Andrew was minus 137 on a home run. <laughs> Essentially, what Vegas was saying is that there's a 40%, based upon those odds, wow. Vegas was saying there's a 40% chance Alvarez is going to hit a home run tonight. And wow. I love Jordan, but not even big head Barry Bonds in the height of a steroid <laughs> uh, career would I put a 40% chance of him hitting a home run. And the other thing I was thinking on that was, you know, the way he's terrorized them, He's not going to get a lot to hit. So I said, bet on Jordan not to hit a home run. Yeah. Bet on Urquidy over four and a half strikeouts. That was plus 185. I thought that was pretty good value getting two to one on four and a half strikeouts. Because, yeah, because the you twins know, Dusty will try to stretch guys out. And the twins strike and out the twins a lot. strike out a lot. We've talked about that. And then yeah. I said, no on Bregman hit, which would have paid off. That was like plus one thirty-five, and then I said no, no hits for Abreu plus one seventy, and I almost, almost, almost texted him, but I would also bet on Abreu to hit a home run for plus three hundred as a hedge because if he gets a hit, it's going to be a home run. That's what he's been doing, 
and I yeah. didn't send it to him. So I have four out of five bets isn't bad because I also told him to take the asterisk because we were plus one ten or something like that. Those are ridiculous um, bets, Gabe. I I know. I <laughs> what can I say? I'm kind of a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like gambling. It's, that's uh, that's good. But no, Urquidy, because we talked about this, right? Uh, going into the series, who would you start game four? I think we both kind of said France. Um, but they went with Urquidy, which I don't, you know, I didn't have a big issue with. I don't think you did either, right? No, I I didn't feel really strongly that it shouldn't have been him. I, I felt strongly it should shouldn't have been Hunter Brown, right? And and I love the guy. Hunter yeah. Brown's been he just slammed into a rookie wall at 90 miles an hour and he just couldn't get through it. And I, I was talking about when he was pitching so well in early June that um you know, Dusty was trying to push him to get that extra inning, and he just was not successful in sort of emptying the tank, and that's the sort of final boss level for a starting pitcher is just emptying the tank there from pitch 85 to 100 and getting it in. Yeah. Getting it in the, the gate, and he just couldn't do that, and Maton gave up a bunch of runs for him um, on inherited runners because uh, Maton was the fireman all year. Uh, he seemed to be the guy always coming in in the sixth inning when Brown you know, couldn't get out of the inning and left guys on base. And his FIP was about a run better than his, uh, than his actual pitching ERA. So he was a little unlucky. But even with all that said, and even as much as I like, like him, it just couldn't be him, right? So it had no. to be either France or it had to be either France or Keedy. And um, Urquidy had... You know, quite frankly, he didn't have a good year. He he was not good before he got hurt. Then he got hurt, and then it took him a while to get back. He hadn't th- he, you know, how many times he threw more than seventy five pitches before today, Andrew? I think it was once, one time, August twenty yeah. third or something. He threw a hundred pitches against uh, Boston. Yep. Um, it, that was one of those low pressure games where we just where we just killed him in Boston. So. Dusty was like, hey, give me as much as you can and we'll let him play around with it a little bit because we weren't going to lose the game. So it was just kind of get through the game. But other than that, you know, he'd thrown somewhere between 55 and 70 pitches. Yeah. Um, pretty much all game. So he, he got through five and two thirds on yep. 78 or 79 pitches and just a, a really good game. He's had a couple of, uh, he's had a couple of bad games in the playoffs. He got, famously shelled against the Red Sox in 21. Yeah. And uh, he got shelled in twenty in 2020 in the COVID season. Um, I think that was the one game we lost to Oakland. Uh, he got shelled. Yeah. But right. every other postseason appearance he's had has been really good. Um, yep. And including he's the answer to a trivia question a lot of people wouldn't know the answer to. Which Astro has the most World Series wins in Astros history? That's Jose Urquidy. Is it really? He's tied I- with Framber, I think. Okay, I didn't even know that. Um, but yeah, because yeah, he won one in 2019. He, yeah, you know, he I remember won a that really big game, and then he won one in 2021. Yep, that's right. Framber uh, had the the two in the World Series last year. His final line for Game Four, like you said, five and two thirds, six strikeouts, one walk. It's one of the things we all mm. like about Urquidy, and they they talked about it a lot on the broadcast. If you watched it, that he. Um, uh, doesn't walk a lot of guys. Um, only gave up, like you said earlier, three hits. Uh, two of those solo home runs. Um, uh, yeah, eighty-two pitches. Uh, so exactly what they needed to get from him. Um, 
You know how I'd play it with Rikidi going forward? I mean, I think he's clearly your f- number four starter. Yep. How I would play it with Rikidi going forward is I would have uh, JP France loose from about the first inning. Sure. I yeah. think Rikidi's one of those guys that um, you're going to tell early if he doesn't have it. And he doesn't have the kind of rope that you give a guy like JV or Framber or something like that to work his way out of it. I mean, right. I think if Rikidi comes out and he's locating and he's pitching well, then I think you can count on him for five or six, five or six innings. But uh, if it, you know, if he's off, he doesn't have the stuff, the composure or whatever to, to sort of get it together and gut out five or six innings in my mind. Right. That's how I, that's how I'd probably play it with him going forward. Cause that's one of the benefits of having JP France, right? Um, He can come in and give you some length. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so Urquidy, really good, I thought, tonight. Um, I don't, Gabe, I don't know that they, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong. Do they name officially an MVP of a divisional series? They do not. But if they yeah. did, yeah, the number two vote-getter would be the guy that I've been telling you since late August is fixed, is yes. Jose Abreu. He's number, he's number two in the division series for sure. Yeah, let's talk about Abreu because I've been a little rough on the guy throughout the season uh, on this podcast, Gabe. Well, um, deservedly, deservedly so. He was just awful in April and May, right? Terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Though I will say, I will say in our over under episode back in, around mid season, I did say that he'd climb back up to zero point zero war, which he did not quite make. But um, boy, he got to zero point one. He got to negative zero point one war. He got negative so close. War on Baseball I Reference. I know, but but I think I I think yeah, if that if they would have given him a home run on that ball that hit the yellow line in Arizona, right. I think he would have been at zero. Oh. But because it was only a. Because it was only an RBI double instead of a two two RBI home run, you know yeah. that was the difference between him being at zero WAR and zero point negative point one WAR. Yeah, um, it might it might so have been those extra those two extra bases might have done it. Um, but to your point, he you know he he was awful in April and May, right? Uh, started to show signs of life in June, uh, a little bit into into July also. Then then kind of went back into a similar ish slump and then went on the IL for, for, for a bit, Gabe. And what's happened since he's come back from his IL stint? Well, he got a couple injections in his back. I think that's um, right. Yeah. It, look, man, you ever try to do anything with a bad back? I fractured my back once upon a time in a snowmobiling accident up wow. in uh, visiting friends in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And, um, Boy, even a little bit of back pain is it's it's debilitating, man. Sure. And it, this is the code of baseball. Abreu is a very very proud dude. Sure, um, he plays 160 games every year. The guy just posts at first base and he says, "I'm you're going to write me into the middle of the lineup at first base every single day." Yeah, and that's what he was doing. And and sometimes that uh, you know I I know that's the baseball code. But dadgum, it's not helpful to try to play through an injury. Yeah, right. He had no bat speed, and that was as soon. It as was he obvious, came back, right? Like it was vis- is, it was visible. That's right. That's right. As soon as he came back, we were up in Boston, and he hit one about 180 jillion miles an hour that he pulled <laughs> left to the foul pole. Yep. And the second I said that, I said, "Whoa, we haven't seen that bat at all." 
Yeah. And then he hit one about 500 feet in in Texas. And I was like, before he even started dropping bombs and stuff like that, he also hit a bomb in the Boston series. Before he even like really got back, got back, I was like, this guy, like he's fine. Like we're good. This is not going to be an albatross. Now, look, he's old enough that he could still get hurt in the next two years, but he's he's not washed up, right? His entire season makes sense in the context of he said he was hurting in April and May, and he was trying to play through it. He found a little something in June and July, and then re, he re-injured it, went on the disabled list, and actually got the shots, and he came out, and he was swinging free and healthy, and all of a sudden, you know, the guy said, 22 home runs and counting, I want to say, 23, something like that. If you include postseason, yeah. Including the postseason, that's right. Um, And he was really good in spring training, too. So I I think he he tweaked something toward the end of spring and and just tried to play through it. And and next year, I can tell you this, the plan needs to be to play him about 135 games only, and they need to sit down with him and be like, hey, look, man, Nothing for nothing, but this is not a team that worries about the regular season a whole hell of a lot, um, especially with what I, how good I think next year's team is going to be. Like, we don't need you playing 160 games. We don't need you to carry the team. We need you to be right when you're out here, and we need you to be ready to go in the playoff time. Yeah. Uh, so I hope they have that conversation with him. I hope they play him 130 or 35 games. And if he feels anything in his back, I'd just like to see him shut him down for for a couple weeks. Because yeah. um, we don't we don't need him to fight through it, right? We we don't need him to be that guy. He's going to be the seventh best hitter on our team next year, probably. And as the seventh best hitter on the team, he's he's awesome. Right. If he hit if he has 120 um, OPS plus or WRC plus, right? He's he's absolutely awesome. Now I think they'll probably hit him in the middle of the order just because that's what guys do and that's fine i mean if you hit him fifth or sixth and he's your seventh best hit or whatever it's it's okay right yeah yeah um but yeah i mean he was he was number two and then you know it will hand out the mvp tell me a little bit about your number one choice well um i mean it's jordan right it's um you know, he, he didn't do much tonight, just a one for four game, uh, did score um, on the uh, Abreu home run. By the way, last thought on Abreu, that ball he hit tonight was beautiful, right? It was opposite field. Um, well, I, I don't remember the estimated distance on it. 430, 434. Yeah, 434 opposite field. It was uh, it, it was fantastic. Uh, but Jordan, you know, hit 438 for the series, Gabe. Uh, how about a 13-13 slugging percentage? 1.313 oh, slugging. So close, man. One person in the entire history of baseball has finished the postseason series with a slug over 1,500. Oh, yeah. It was Lou, Lou Gehrig in like 1932 <laughs> or something like and that. Jordan entered today well over 1.5. Um Finished one point three one three. So four home runs in the in the four game series, right? Um, he's doing Jordan things that we've kind of become accustomed to. Uh, I mean, what 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 can you say about the guy? He hits lefties, uh, hits righties. Um, he did, you know, he did have his last at, his last at bat in this series wasn't good. He <laughs> last two last two at bats really were yeah. pretty lousy. Yeah, the last one really sticks out because he just looked like he was kind of just hacking at balls in the dirt, and you do not see him do that much. Um, 
but man, uh, that pitcher Duran was nasty. He was I don't nasty. know how anyone. I don't know how anyone ever hits that guy. That guy fastball tops out at one hundred and three, and he's got a ninety nine mile an hour splitter. Yeah, I mean, and then that curve is pretty sick too. He was disgusting. Um, uh, but other than that, Jordan was is you know kind of unconscious throughout the series. Uh, he was the overall MVP, but man, Abreu came in came up huge. Uh, in the two games in Minnesota, hitting three home runs over those two games. Uh, and the decisive, uh, the decisive one tonight. Um, you know and, who else came up huge? Tell me, Christian Javier. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. We we do need to talk about him because he was another guy that we've been talking about the last few weeks in terms of uh, trying to gauge each other's confidence in him, and me trying to exaggerate. Oh, he's been good for a month now, and you bringing me back to earth saying, like, ah, nope. it's been like two or three starts. <laughs> it's been three starts. Um, he but, was really good in those three starts down the stretch. He was very, very good in those three starts. Yeah. So in game in game three, um, he he got the start. What did he give up? One hit, Gabe. Yep. Uh, one hit, but he also had five walks and one hit by pitch. So I was texting with my buddy who. Uh, pitched professionally and he was like why did they take him out he's like i'm not watching the game because it was a three o'clock start he's like why did they take him out i was like he can't command the strike zone um but they 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 couldn't hit him they couldn't touch him right that's the christian javier that we remember from last year yeah that can be effectively wild but that led the majors in batting average against right um I, yep. what did you think did you think they pulled him at the right time i did Actually, yeah, for the same reason. Five walks and a hit by, a hit batter in five innings. He was he wasn't giving up hits. Nobody was really touching him, but uh that's six base runners allowed. Um and 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 like you just said, he wasn't he wasn't commanding the zone at all. Uh but but you know, all that said, five innings, no no runs, right? Nine strikeouts, nine strikeouts in five innings. And um gave you exactly the start that you were hoping for. Right. And to your earlier point, Hunter Brown came in after that did give up one run in the one inning he pitched, uh, didn't look super sharp, but, um, uh, but the bullpen took care of it thereafter. But um, yeah, so I got a little, go ahead. I got a little minutia for you. Oh, good. This is one of those, those baseball things where they put together a bunch of random numbers to make something seem more impressive than it really is. But it's, those are kind of fun, you know, like, hey, only these people have 28 home runs and 17 steals while hitting at least 288. You know, sure. One of those. Yeah. Postseason, there's only been like six or eight different times that the stat line has been one or less hits, nine or more strikeouts, and no runs. Yeah. Two of those are by Christian Javier. Yep. I saw that. Two I of did, those. I did two see of those that six graphic. Or seven yeah. or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was not quite as impressive as the, uh, you know, and what that does is that tries to put it on par with like Roy Halladay's perfect game or Doc Larson's perfect, Don Larson's perfect game or, or yeah. something like that. Right. And it, it, it's not that right. Um, right. Because he threw too many pitches. He had too many base runners, even in the, the no hitter. I think he only went six hitless innings. Is that I, right? Because he already right. got up to a hundred pitches. Yeah, um, I don't think he walked as many people, but it it was no. a chore, right? I mean, it wasn't like 
it wasn't like Framber's 93 pitch no hitter no, masterpiece. He, right? Javier's even at his best is not an efficient is is not efficient with his <laughs> with his pitches, right? Like he, that's exactly right. That, that's that's right. the exact right way to put it. You know, you, you're not good. Like what you're looking for from Javier when he's good is you're looking for brilliance of being unhittable. Right. And you're looking for a guy that gives you five or six, depending on if he's merely inefficient with his pitches or if he's super inefficient. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I right. Mean, if JP if JP France, for example, goes six innings and gives up one or two hits and no runs, how many pitches do you think he's thrown? A lot fewer 60? than <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean a lot fewer than a hundred. Yep. Right. And and so that's just baked in. But it is. You know, for a nine to one game and the Astros played add on a, a couple things. I, I think the announcers belabored this, and a lot of times people like to really get mad at the announcers or you know, or say that whatever they're saying is stupid. Mm-hmm. But I think they're absolutely right. For a nine to one game, I've never seen a bigger play than that Jeremy Payne double play. Oh yeah. It was bases loaded and no outs, right? Or that's right. First and third and no outs. Something or, like that. Right? Yeah. Something like that. It was a huge stretch. Their fans were crazy. Um, five nothing, and Brown was in, and we've seen you know, Naris was not up and ready to go yet. Yep, and um, you know, that's just the kind of thing where at middle of their order up and just a bullet up the middle, yeah. And uh, Pena just made a great, great Pena made three or four just absolutely awesome plays defensively. Yep. Um, the series he looked like the the platinum glove Jeremy Pena of last year and not the uh not the above average fielder that I feel like we've we've put on him this year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he wasn't, you know, he he did not replicate at the plate uh what he did last year in the playoffs, but I, I don't think I actually did not he wasn't bad. bad at the plate. No, no, no he bad. wasn't he bad. A couple of hits in game 2 and then uh he got a hit in game 1 and then he he hit one really hard the opposite way that if it wasn't 50 degrees out, might have actually, you know, got out. He backed the the center fielder up against the the wall in yep. right center. And he was right. standing with his back against the 385 foot sign, and in a 50 degree night, um, yep. you know that that would have been one that could have ended his streak since July 5th of not hitting a home run. Oof. Um, but but yeah, I mean he 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 did what he he did what you need to see. From him, right? Play a really, really good shortstop and get a couple knocks. Yeah. And if that happens as you're, you know, we talked about it. He's our eighth best hitter um, in the lineup. We'd like to see he'd be our ninth best hitter. But right. um, maybe we should talk about that a little bit. How bad was Yainir? Not great. Um, he, the game three that was the totality of his plate appearances. Is that correct? I'm trying to remember. If no, he got, he got, he a, got pinch a pinch hit. hit. Yeah. He, he got a pinch hit. And I, look, man, that guy's Game had two, four at bats. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That guy's had four at bats in three weeks, you know, and he yeah, has not I been, know. he's not been very good as a DH. And if you could find the one pitcher that you really don't want him to face, it'd be that big sweeping breaking ball because he lacks plate discipline like i it, you know if you if he faces a fastball pitcher or something like that that's going to challenge in the strike yeah. zone yeah that might be one of those where you roll off the bench but i mean he's a 
freaking 24 year old rookie that hasn't played in a long time. And then, you know, yeah. just kind of, it's like Dusty picked the worst situation possible to play him in. Um, I guess he wanted to give Uncle Mike an off day because, you know, it was after the other off day. And, you know, he likes to stack them up. You know, uh, the, 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 the towel of Dusty. Um, and then Uncle Mike hits the home run today. Today um, in game four. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, it, I look, I'm not going to take much out of a few, you know, a handful, a small handful of plate appearances. He'll be, we, we both, I think, are in agreement that he is a good hitter. Um, and yeah, but he was, he, he was, he was not put in a great awful, situation. Man. He did look bad. Um, and that's going to be used. Yep. And that's going to be used to make sure that he never plays a single game this well, entire playoffs. I, catcher. I don't think he's getting a start at catcher regardless of what he did at the nope. plate yesterday. Uh, I think, I think that's pretty clear. We've been talking about it all year. I think we both, it's exactly what we expect. So not really at this point in time, I guess, much, much use in, in talking about No, that. I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to belabor. No, I know. I was just going to point out that he would, he looked awful. And you know, there's no bigger Yiner Diaz fan than, than me. Like in the, not even Yiner's mom is probably as big a fan <laughs> as I am That's of him. It has more belief in him, but. Yeah, that was that was bad, man. That was really, really bad. Chaz McCormick hit three sixty four for the series, Gabe. Didn't get to play game three. Them yeah. the breaks. <laughs> three out of four. Them the breaks. Yeah, that's hey seventy five percent. That's about in line with his um, allocation of playing time in the regular season. So it's, that's right. Uh, it, it matches up, and Yiner's not going to get to his one and once a week playing time as a catcher. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you got to, so. you got to really ride your veterans and the big boys when you get to the playoffs, uh, Martin Maldonado, who did have two hits. I, I thought this was hysterical. They got it. They ran a hit and run. Yeah. You know, everyone was mad at dusty for not bunning him yeah. in game two. Right. And then we're like, Hey, please strike out. So you don't hit in the double play and say it's in the double play. So then the next time yeah. up, he bunts him. So he gets up in that situation with a guy on, mm-hmm. and he doesn't bunt him, but he hit and runs. And the announcers go on and on about, oh, he really trusts Maldonado to make contact. And I'm like, no, you fools. That wasn't it. <laughs> they were hitting and running to stay out of a double play. Yeah. That's absolutely what it was. It wasn't that he was, you know, he's trusted. To, and, you know, he got hit there. And then he one hop one off the left field fence, and he made it 90 feet. <laughs> he, he, he didn't even get in game three, he didn't even like turn, but those yeah. were his two hits. He was two for 11. So his career playoff batting average is like 173. And that's right in line with what yeah. he got in the playoffs, you know. He, he's consistent. And Dusty, Dusty entered the podium with how awesome was Martin Maldonado calling pitches back there, guys. I mean, because of course he did. Did he really say that? That was game three. Yeah. They uh, unprompted. He said, you know, I just want to talk about Martin Maldonado. And we're like, of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Uh, but, <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, this might be the last year that happens. Uh, and, you know, let's send them both off in the sunset with World Series rings and a parade. And then let's yeah. get on to uh, let's get on to a different era of Astros baseball. If Maldonado, I'm saying this now, if Maldonado catches or starts every game from here out and the Astros end up winning the World Series, I will um I don't know. I'll 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 at least reassess. I vow to at least reassess my uh opinion, my stance that 
all of the Martin Maldonado juju magic intangible stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll reconsider and, and allow for the possibility that there's something to it. How about are that? you going to, are, are you going to say that that only exists in the playoffs? Because look at the record during the regular season. I mean, I'm of the opinion that if we're talking about magic, then like, yeah, I can make up my own rules. Right. <laughs> there you go. So you're going to step away from rationalism. Yeah. And you're going to embrace the mysticism and the towel. Of, we're just going to call that this the towel of dusty as, sure. as it goes in the playoffs. Right? Here's the thing. If you don't have to, if you don't have to have evidence of, of what you, what you assert, then it can, it can take any shape you'd like. But anyway, we'll, 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 t- we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I think all in all, Gabe, I mean, Astros one and four, I think, which is what both of us said, right? We did. Uh, and and the other day. I'd also like to point out that I said Braves and four. I'm sorry, I said Phillies in four, which looks like it might be really sharp. It was Could almost be. Phillies in three. And it looks like the Dodgers are getting ready to get a broom shoved up their butt sideways by Arizona, who Oof. is up four nothing again the load in the fifth inning. Oh my god. Up two to nothing. Yeah. I love it. I can't tell how about and while we're talking about the other series, how about the ending of game two? Atlanta, Philadelphia. Did you catch that? <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, if you didn't see it, um, the Braves had a one-run lead, correct? They well, just back, take... back up, back yeah. up, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to go there. Yeah. They had just taken a one-run lead. They were down in the in the bottom of the eighth, and right. uh, Austin Riley, I think, hit a two-run homer with two uh, strikes and with two strikes yeah. and two outs. Two strikes yeah. and two outs to put them up five five four, I believe, and then. Yep. Um, I was, I was paying, I was a little distracted in the ninth. I saw, I saw the last play, um, but I, I'm not sure how we actually got there. Bryce Harper single. Yeah. And then someone made an out one out and then just guy drilled a ball to the guy. That was it. Right okay. Field, yeah. in, in right center field. And, and the guy made a Chaz like catch. Um, yeah, from the, know, Chaz from the World in, Series last year. That's right, Chaz in the World Series. Almost, you know what? Like that Chaz catch in real time, I didn't think it was all that impressive. And then I saw the replay, and I was like, every time I saw the replay, I was like, that catch got better and better. Yeah. Like, I thought the way that Atlanta guy had the beat on the ball, I thought he was going to get there the entire time. But it was a near thing. And he jumped up against it, got it at the wall, crashed into the wall, throws it back in, overthrows the cutoff man. But the pitcher was backing up exactly where he should have been, picked it up and hosed Bryce Harper at first for the third out. Never yeah. seen anything like that to end the game. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, Michael Harris, the center fielder for the Braves, made that catch and then the throw. Oh. Uh, and then today the Phillies came back and won 10-2 to two and Harper hit two homers. So They hit six home runs overall. Harper hit two and, and uh, someone else hit two. I didn't see who. And then uh, – but, a couple guys hit one. So, but yeah, yeah, the um the Rangers swept the Orioles after sweeping in a three game series the um uh, Tampa. Uh, so they are the opponent starting this coming weekend, Gabe, in the ALCS for the Astros, and we will be back with a podcast episode um to preview that series after we do our homework a little bit and uh, get ready for that. That we'll have out to our listeners uh what the day before the series starts right the series gonna start on sunday we'll have it out friday night after work perfect so um, uh, just yeah. real real quick i yeah. think we thought 
that the Twins had the pitching advantage, certainly the starting pitching advantage in the series on us. Yep. Is that fair to say? But, yeah. you know, Framber wasn't the ace you would hope that he could be, that he is at some point in time, but but JV pitched great. Well, yeah. JV had great results. You know, <laughs> I, taking out Framber, yep. you know, we got six and five is 11, and we got 16 and two-thirds innings of two earned runs from our yeah. starters, not counting for Amber, right? Yeah. So um, we had some guys pitch a lot better than they'd pitched during the regular season. Um, yep. So we, we overcame a team that I think had the pitching advantage on us. Now we're going to have to overcome a team, I think, that has the hitting advantage on us in the Rangers. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the twins that just to put a, a bow on that the, the the twins basically were who we thought they were right i mean we we kind of talked yep, about it in the previous exactly episode right. that that their offense is not particularly scary uh that their bullpen is is pretty nasty which i think tonight was evidence of that um and 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 then yeah to your point that they had maybe a, a pitching advantage but also i think we made the comment that i'd be less surprised about the Astros pitchers, um, you know, being better than what we would expect than I would be the twins hitters being better than what we would expect. Right. Like it's something that's something exactly along, right. the, yep. along those lines. Uh, and I think that's kind of what played out. So uh, yeah, uh, to the ALCS, I'm going to, I'm going to digest a lot of numbers over the next few days, Gabe, but yeah, at at first blush, I would say I agree with that, but I, it's hard. I mean, the Rangers lineup I think is really good. I've, I've kind of maintained that all season. Um, I think, you know, they, 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 they have guys that give you tough at bats. Um, Boy, they just bludge in Baltimore, but, but Baltimore, we, we, we agreed that Baltimore, no one really had a lot of respect for those just, starters, right? I just didn't see it with Baltimore. I don't. I don't know how they won 101 games. I think. I think we said that their Pythagorean had them more as like a 90-ish win team. Uh, so they, they, they had, had the same had the same Pythagorean as the Astros. It had the same run differential as the Astros and the Astros yeah. won 90. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I didn't follow them super closely day in and day out all season long. But I, yeah, I know that they have some really good young players, but yeah, I, we you said it a minute ago. We looked at the pitching, particularly the rotation, just kind of like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't, it wasn't scary. I, I'll say that. And, and, and again, that gets to what we've been kind of saying all season long, despite you know our our frustration at times with the lineup and the Astros' uh, struggles here and there. What we kept saying, you know, is it. If you get into the American League playoffs, who scares you, Gabe? Who scares you? Um, no one. And we said all year the Astros were the favorite if we got in the playoffs, right? And yeah. and here we are, and we're in our seventh uh, American League Championship Series in a row. And I think the Astros will be a fairly significant favorite over the Rangers. I'll bet you we're like minus 180 or something in the series, which would mean – Sort of the odds makers have us winning two out of three times, and I think probably the real numbers more like fifty-five or sixty percent. But the house always takes some of the odds, right? So my yeah. guess is the the series opens up at minus one eighty, um, but we'll talk about that during the preview, right? Uh, but just we kind will. of an interesting dynamic. It is. 
Well, all right, sir. Um, another ALCS. You just said it. Seventh consecutive ALCS for the Houston Astros will begin uh, this coming weekend. Gabe, I look forward to previewing this series with you in a couple of days. Thanks for everyone who listened. We uh, were at all-time record listenership. You guys are listening even as we're putting out three or four podcasts in a week. So I hope that means you guys enjoy the extra content. Um, we now have someone helping us out on Instagram. So if you want to follow us there, go ahead and do so. Um, but, you know, again, we really appreciate everyone listening. We're super excited about this. We're going to try to keep a serious. We're going to try to keep it to, you know, after uh, sort of we finish up whatever the sets of two, three, two, right. We'll do after the two and, and sort of a recap on that and a preview of what's to come. And uh, we'll give you a Rangers preview for free too, since we've got a, extra three days before the series starts. So uh, let's keep rolling. Let's see if we can't push out about uh, eight or 10 more podcasts before the Astros in the season, uh, dripping champagne in the world series. Maybe we shall see my friend. All right. Well, until next time, uh, enjoy yourself, Gabe. Adios buddy.